Alrighty, we're back recording your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it's episode number 501. Yes, we've crossed the uh, the threshold there, um, coming out of our big celebration of 500 episodes last week with uh, a whole bunch of kind of look back and Rob joining us for the whole show and all that. Uh, Brianna, how are you? I'm good. It was it was great to go back and. Um and watch last week's episode. I like full disclosure, I don't like to watch myself. So I never go back and look at it, but this was one of those weeks that I really had to. And just hearing all of those, um, you know, people that have been like friends in the industry wish us well and, and just talk about how this has been, you know, helpful or impactful for them was so awesome. It was like very uh, nostalgic. So it was like a highlight of my week for sure. Yeah, so same for me. Like, just getting all those messages from everybody and folks who've, you know, in some cases haven't been involved with the LBMA for years. Uh, like they were there in the early, early days, maybe completely moved out of the industry like Kyle uh, and others. Uh, it was just nice to kind of see their faces and hear their voices and, you know, kind of look back, you know, over the years. So, so super fun. Um, and here we are. We, we begin another yeah, uh, another 500 episodes, maybe, hopefully, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But um, we've got four stories uh, to cover today. Uh, maybe, if time permitting, a, a fifth little announcement at the end about an investment that I wanted to kind of bring in. And uh, despite all those guest interviews, little um, um, submissions last week, we, we even missed a couple that weren't in there that didn't make it. Um, so we're going to throw those in this week um, so that uh, you get to hear from them too. So um, so that's it. I'll let you kick off uh, the, the show. Yeah, I really like this story. You know, it's pretty short um, a, a announcement that's coming from the out-of-home space. But I think this is really cool. You know, we think so much about measurement and efficacy when it comes to media spends and campaigns and uh, you know, tracking foot traffic or attribution. And, you know, for out of home, we think about billboard space, there's just not a lot of solutions that are um, able to sort of track the campaign management across the entire workflow uh, as that moves throughout. And so there's a new um, sort of this grouping of it's circle graphics and pop tracker teams and they have teamed up and they are delivering what they're calling full circle. So think of this as a platform, you know, a campaign tracker for out of home. So for billboard installation, for example. So they track everything from the creative to, you know, any type of logistics to the installation. Um, and you can track it across like the process for each installation. So, you know, a lot of times billboards are rolling out on a national basis and you need to see when there's, um, you know, problems and, and maybe delays and that might not be affecting all of your billboards, right? Uh, but it would be affecting different campaigns. And there's obviously a lot of agencies that focus on this as well. So for them, being able to track the multiple campaigns across lots of clients, um, I'm sure is really helpful. So. You know, to me, this isn't really groundbreaking, but it's something that's so basic that maybe has been overlooked for a very long time. But obviously, there's a need in the space to be able to uh, manage the logistics and, and be able to handle the challenges and address them very quickly when it's something that, you know, you're paying to be there for 30 days or 90 days. And so um, each of those days is really important to your ROI and the metrics that you're trying to achieve, um, you know, tied to those KPIs. So I think this is good. Like, it's interesting 
that there hasn't been a solution like this already, but I think it's great that they're pulling in all of this data um, across this one platform where it can be easily seen and managed. So good stuff. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's a, a good comprehensive solution. I think that, um, you know, obviously we've seen folks using mobile and location data on sort of, you know, sort of measuring the traffic that comes near the billboard or that aspect of it in terms of, you know, attribution from that point of view in, in terms of eyeballs or vehicles that pass or, you know, what have you, but kind of putting it all together from the creative uh, side to the campaign management and, and the sort of, you know, measurement piece on the other side into a single platform, I think is, you know, a, a pretty powerful um, combination. And so I haven't seen it before and I think it's, uh, it's really cool. and. And yet, at the same time, it seems pretty simple, um, and I like simple. So, like you know, for me, it's like, you know, we all use Microsoft Excel, but like, there's there's a lot in there that I don't use every day, right? There's kind of the basic stuff, and I and I, I see this as kind of like, you know, a really powerful yet simple tool to help the industry kind of knit those things together. Um, I like it, and I like the name. I think Full Circle is, is a good name. So, there you go. <laughs> All right, on to our uh, our second story. So Walmart, um, you know, with the pandemic and all that's been going on in home delivery and order online and pickup and that the whole, you know, sort of uh, people not being able to go into stores and all of that being driven off of, uh, of COVID-19, uh, they are now testing in, um, in Bentonville, Arkansas, where their headquarters is, a service called Home Valet. And I think this is kind of interesting. So what it is, is they are, they've created these sort of uh, temperature controlled uh, cooler box type things that basically you put outside your house, like maybe on your front porch kind of thing. And they're set up to enable Walmart to do 24 seven delivery. So, you know, it could be in the middle of the night while you're sleeping um, and it's all, you know, smartphone connected and all of that. Um, and the idea is, is like if you order groceries, like, you know, frozen food or fresh food or pantry items or whatever the thing might be, it can be delivered and kind of put into this box and stored securely, um, you know, outside your home. And then, you know, when you wake up, you can kind of go and, and, and retrieve the items there. And it's all, you know, kept in the proper temperature and controlled that way. And, you know, I, I, um, for me, it's like, going full circle to use that because it, it, it's uh you know i remember as a little kid um you know we didn't have this but i i knew some neighbors who uh who had at that time still milk bottles being delivered um uh, you know to a little box on their front porch if in my case it was there was a company that used to do home delivery of soda pop um like they would make their own soda pops in different flavors and we would wait for this delivery to come and a lot of people still in those days like so now i'm talking like late 60s early 70s you know would still have these you know sort of uh, boxes at their door that you know mi the milk could get left in or those kinds of things um and it's like it, it's almost like we're going back to that now right like this idea of there's a place there where things can get dropped off and left um it's obviously more digital and updated and, you know, smartphone enabled and temperature controlled and all of that. But um, in a lot of ways, it's 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 like going back in time. Uh, so it's a little retro for me, which I like. Um, 
And um, I, I think there's, there's legs here. I think I can see these kinds of things taking off. It's probably, you know, from a home building point of view, I could see builders starting to kind of jump into this uh, area as well as they're building new homes, you know, where they've kind of got an area outside of the home that is accessible externally and has a cooler section and a, you know, sort of non-cool section for other, you know, Amazon deliveries or whatever. Um, and then you could, you know, retrieve the things from inside the home perhaps or th that type of thing. Um, I, I definitely see, you know, this evolving as, you know, we get more into, you know, everybody doing uh, home delivery. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think it's nice to be able to have one, obviously the simple functionality of a cool or to not have to worry about timing, uh, you know, like when you are getting home or, you know, rushing down to get stuff from the delivery person because you're working from home, you're on a work call uh, or whatever that might be. I think that that's a great feature, especially as, you know, there's tons of different climates across, you know, the, the world, uh, we'll focus on the country for now or North America, you know, that are, are changing constantly. I mean, here in Atlanta today, we've got like 65 degree weather. And just yesterday, you know, it was like 30 in the thirties. So, you know, there's a lot of like fluctuation. So to be able to, to control that and maintain that, I think just from a quality perspective is great. Um, and I do agree. I think that food delivery or just delivery in general is going to continue to evolve, right? The seamlessness of adding things to a list, the ability to be able to price compare as you shop across different places. Um, and I think just, you know, being able to perhaps even like voice order, right? So everything that you can do now, you know, will be, I think we're going to continue to see that be more seamless and just much more convenient, right? Um, but it is, you know, a lot of things are like what's old is, you know, is new again. And that is a perfect example that you gave. Um, but it's also like, what can we do to, to just continue to make things, um, you know, more flexible for people around their schedules, what's easier uh, when it comes to, you know, convenience so that we can spend the time where it matters the most instead of, you know, maybe out grocery shopping. Um, so I like this and I think that I'm excited to see, you know, how else we can evolve, um, delivering convenience options moving forward. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential here and I see, you know, many different, uh, brands trying to jump on this. I mean, this is an obvious Amazon thing, uh, as well. Um, you know, so, so we'll, we'll see more than just Walmart sort of attack this space for sure. All right, so before we jump into our other two stories, uh, as I said, uh, there are a couple of little uh, visitor interviews that uh, didn't make it into last week's show, um, and uh, we wanted to include them, so we're going to stick those in here now. Um, so enjoy those, and then we'll be back with uh, uh, the rest of our, our stories for this week. Asif, Fabriana, it's fantastic. Happy 500 episodes, location-based marketing, location, wherever you are, there you is, there you be, all those things. Jerry King, LBMA Toronto, uh, shout out to Asif and Aubriana, related Happy New Year, and more importantly, just congratulations on reaching this milestone of 500 uh, episodes of the Location Weekly podcast. Um, just putting that in context. Um, on a weekly, I mean, that's 10 years of, of podcasts. I mean, you guys are, that, that's Ironman marathon territory. So, you know, congratulations. I first began 
doing the podcast when Asif was co-hosting with uh, Rob Woodbridge. And from then to now, I've just watched a steady escalation, the number of views per episode. Um, and I think that the longevity of the podcast really is a testament to your vision, to a clarity of purpose, and frankly, just to a lot of hard, disciplined work. So uh, congratulations um, again, you two. If one were to uh, geotag contextual marketing and you were to approach that point either through the channel of an industry, so retail or finance or telecom, or you came to that point uh, thematically, uh, big data or privacy, the location weekly archive really has become the authoritative clearinghouse for all activity information in that particular uh, juncture. And so I would say that the podcast alongside the Retail Local Conference really is a key pillar of the LB Mains brand. Um, and so in closing, I just want to wish you guys, you know, um, congratulations again for what you've accomplished. I want to see, you know, wish you continued growth in uh, 2021. And I can't wait to see what you guys are, uh, have planned in the days ahead. Cheers. All right, so this is um, an interesting app, one that I wish I would have had access to several years ago, uh, but it's called Shadow, and this is an app to help you find lost dogs. So um, apparently every year around 10 million pets go missing in the U.S., and millions of those can end up in, you know, shelters, and they're not always reunited with their owners. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, challenges, whether it's just lack of identification or no microchip or you know, whatever that might be. Um, and they're, they claim that they're tackling this problem by leveraging a combination of um, a volunteer network and they're pairing that with AI technologies so that dog owners in particular um, can help kind of find and match with pictures of their dogs. So they're working in partnership with these animal shelters uh, and rescue organizations all across the US. So they'll pull in photos of dogs that they currently are housing and then they can supplement this with photos that they pull from social media. And then the AI technology um, will help to match the photograph of the missing dogs to possible matches, um, you know, that are within the shelter or the web. So, you know, this is interesting because, um, you know, I think there's a there's definitely a need for it, right? We have platforms like Nextdoor, for example, which are great, you know, if you want to post something or push something push something out. But a lot of times the engagement there is, is very low. It's only when you're looking to figure out like something very specific, like, you know, did you hear gunshots or is that fireworks? It seems to be like the ongoing <laughs> conversation that's there or, uh, you know, about just kind of local services. And so it's not necessarily something that you are getting alerted about all the time. You know, they're definitely pulling in some features around the ability to advertise like and push your promotion or push your search to the top through paid, um, as well as, uh, you know, reward people for helping you find these dogs, which I think is great as well. Um, you know, this is interesting because this comes from the the one of the founders from ZocDoc. Um, which, which left and there was a lot of chaos, uh, you know, with his exit. And there's also, you know, via TechCrunch, they noted that, that the com a competitive app to, uh, to Shadow 
was actually saying that there's no AI technology involved and then they pulled back their statement. So there's like a lot of like drama around this and who knew that a, you know, a dog finding app could cause so much drama, but here we are. Um, focusing on the actual app itself, I think this is wonderful, you know, as a dog owner for, you know, nine plus years and having a dog that was lost that we did not find, like, I, you know, sympathize with this so much. And so I know that like losing that, you know, family member was uh, just devastating, right? And, you know, we did the, the signs and we did all of those things. And this app does encourage you to do other things as well, such as posting, you know, lost pet signs and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, I think that just having some type of a, uh, you know, a, a way to pull these all together, assuming that this will get mass adoption is a great thing. Um, you know, and nobody wants to lose a pet. So I, I love this idea. And I love that, you know, there's options that are lots of options there um, to help try to connect people back with the pets that, you know, may have gotten out or gotten lost. Yeah, so uh, on the surface, I like this. I, I think it, it's, it hits right at a, a key need, a key problem. Um, as you said, and it's, I, I you know, I, I was kind of shocked at the number initially, like 10 million dogs or whatever. I mean, like, that's a lot. Um, but, um, it, you know, and I like that they're working with the shelters together and kind of creating this sort of partnership and, and you know, linking it together. Um, I, I guess, and this isn't a bad thing, but, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is facial recognition technology with AI, right? And the exact same technology essentially is what Clearview AI does, except applied to people and looking at social media pictures and scanning those pictures and then finding those people. And many uh, uh, law enforcement and police organizations across North America and around the world, you know, have been using the Clearview system to track down people and all this sort of stuff and, and find those missing people, if you will. Um, and uh, obviously have gotten in a lot of hot water about it. I know our Toronto police force was testing it and, and many others around the world. And, and it's not, it doesn't sit well with people from a privacy point of view, of course. Um, but I, I, I always find it interesting when you can take the exact same thing as that uh, and apply it somewhere else, like finding a missing dog and it's okay, right? Um, you know, privacy doesn't matter at that point, I guess maybe i don't know or you know what about the, the dog owners I, like i i don't know right but i i think there's i love the notion of what they're trying to do i i, I think it's a great uh, application of the technology and as you know i'm a big proponent of you know using and advancing technology uh for good i mean it's it's just you know a, a big part of what we do um but i always find that interesting that sort of dichotomy of okay like it's okay here, but it's not okay there. Um, and, you know, what are the rules and how do we, you know, sort of apply those uh, equally and evenly and um, whatnot. But again, as an app serving a cause and a need, I'm all over it. I think it's great. So. Yeah, I agree with you on that point. I think that, um, you know, it, it really comes back to, to what the, what the motivation is, right? So is the motivation trying to find someone who, uh, you know, crossed the border illegally or is the motivation trying to find like a pet that's lost or a uh, potentially a child who's been, you know, abducted? 
I think that there's a lot of need for this type of technology there, but when it falls into the wrong hands, then it gets used for things where it is infringing on our privacy and it is, um, you know, it is big brother and it is not really what we, what we stand for, you know, as, um, as citizens typically, like at least in the countries that we, we live in, um, thankfully. So I think there are a lot of nuances and there's definitely, you know, I, I think that in general, it's like, what, what would you want done if it was your child or, you know, your pet? And then what would you not want done if it was you, right? Like, you know, you have to weigh those things equally. So it is definitely, yeah. um, I mean, it's, not an, easy, it's not an easy topic, right? Yeah. If my kid's missing, I want every, every possible tool out there to try and find my kid. Right. So, you know, at that point, I don't really care about privacy. I care about finding my kid and getting them back as quickly as possible. So uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it, there's always more to it than just here are the rules and here's how we apply them. Right. So, um, yeah. All right. Uh, our final story for this week is kind of, um, sticking with the, uh, idea of kind of delivery and all that sort of stuff. Verizon, uh, has teamed up with UPS. So Verizon Skyward division and UPS flight forward, uh, have teamed up to really, uh, start to scale up, uh, drone delivery for, uh, products and packages. Um, and the whole idea here is obviously UPS, one of the biggest, um, you know, shipping and delivery companies on the planet and Verizon, uh, you know, has really focused on growing and, and implementing, uh, their 5g network technology, um, and scaling that out. Uh, the two sort of really go hand in hand, right? Um, in order to do effective drone delivery and precise, uh, movements and controls and all of that, you really need the power of a 5g network to do that. And so the two organizations have teamed up to sort of make that happen. Uh, they've been testing for a while. Um, so they're running this on, on Verizon's 5G ultra wideband network. Um, they did in 2019 over 3,800 uh, drone delivery flights. They've been testing this primarily in Florida last year. Um, and they're looking to kind of sort of grow this out and expand this out further now. So I think it's very interesting. I think we're going to get more and more of this. I mean, um, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of a two minds of it because I think in, in a dense urban market, you know, I can see a lot of difficulty with something like this in, you know, downtown Manhattan, let's say, but, um, you know, in more rural areas in third world world countries, you know, where you're trying to get stuff into the middle of nowhere, uh, drone delivery makes perfect sense to me. Right. Um, and especially from a mapping and addressing point of view, you link up drone delivery with something like what three words from, you know, an addressing, uh, system point of view, I think you can do a lot of really interesting things. So I, I, um, you know, I expect we're going to see more and more of this across all the delivery service companies. Uh, I know even here in Canada, our national uh, postal service is starting to experiment with some of these technologies. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I think it makes sense. And, you know, just like the Walmart story where, you know, getting things delivered to a cooler box in your home and, you know, deploying smartphone tech and, and all that in those environments, I think, you know, the reality is, is this tech's here now and, you know, drones are, you know, everywhere. Um, 
And so why not, you know, sort of start to develop companies and scale up services around that. And of course, UBS and Verizon are two companies very well positioned and well funded to do that. So. Yeah, I think that it's really interesting to think about it um, in terms of, like you mentioned, both more of a, uh, you know, dense urban landscape versus something that's a little bit more rural or suburban. Um, and I also think there's a lot of opportunity from not just like the last mile delivery options, but also kind of the first mile delivery options, right? So, you know, I think that there is still a lot of opportunity in transportation of goods that there's, you know, for example, um, you know, if there's a, if there are already, uh, let's say, freights that are moving um, within certain areas and you just need to get you know that first mile from the factory like Amazon factory to the freight or whatever for delivery so that it can be um, a little bit faster I think there's a lot of opportunity there for drones as well um, you know so not even necessarily like the home delivery perspective but just getting orders out very quickly uh, to allow for faster delivery um, you know in in areas that may not be quite as as uh, accessible to that now. So I think that, you know, we're, I expect to see this continue to grow and, and who knows? I mean, I, I don't know when I, I can't, I can't project when the first drone is coming to my house to deliver something. Do you have any guesses there? <laughs> I'm going to put that as it's not going to be this year, but I'm going to, I'm going to put it in uh, early 22 drone delivery. To okay. your yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So that's our four core stories for this week. I did wanted to just share uh, a little bit of uh, industry investment news. So our friends at uh, Sochi, that's S-O-C-I, have closed a Series D investment round of $80 million. Uh, so congratulations to them on that. Uh, the round is led by JMI Equity, uh, which is a growth equity uh, firm in the enterprise software space, as well as additional investment from Ancona Capital, uh, personal investment from Sochi CEO and co-founder, uh, as well as a number of others from companies like Seismic um, and, and, and others. So um, congrats, uh, a, a great you know, sort of injection of capital really uh, you know, uh, start to grow the company and uh and scale it up even further so um yeah um excited for them Super that's it exciting stuff congrats guys yeah so that's it that's our show for this week uh you've been listening and watching episode number 501 of location weekly we thank you for your time as always if you have story ideas reach out to us if you want to get involved in the lbma uh, reach out to us. We're planning a number of uh, virtual events uh, for this year. So looking for great speakers and uh, content uh, for some of those things. Uh, so lots of opportunities. Um, and of course, uh, give us some likes, some shares, some follows, you know, on all the social media channels. And we'll be back next week with yet another show. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.